0: Podcast
1: has bad words. <laughs> hey, patrons! All What's right, up? Before we dive into our surprise questions today, we're here with Shelby. And before we talk about buying less, let's read some more about less. The article I have here today is from from Money. dot com. Actually, before we dive into this interview, we were we were talking during the break here, um, just briefly. Shelby, you were mentioning um, people worried about sustainability becoming trendy. Yeah. Man, that that just seems like a great problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah. It
0: does. Yeah. I don't know. People always ask me, like, is it bad for it to be trendy or is it a good thing? And I don't see it being a bad thing unless it completely stops and then we just don't care. But why would that happen unless some research came out that said nothing we've been caring about matters anymore? Right. Right. You
1: know, I, I didn't become a minimalist for the environment, but it was a really beautiful, like, side effect I didn't mm-hmm. even anticipate at first. For me it was like, oh my finances are really out of control. I'm just buying too much junk that I don't need. Yeah. It's stressing me out. I'm worried. I can't fill the void with the stuff. In fact it's widening the void. And then I started letting go and stop well, I started consuming more intentionally and the, a beautiful byproduct of that is like, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm consuming less, so I'm producing less waste. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm buying fewer uh, packaged foods. In fact, I don't buy any packaged foods personally now. Um, but that's for other reasons. I, I don't buy packaged foods because they tend to be less healthy. Right. And, and But as a result, I'm not producing all the waste from that yeah, right now. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think if sustainability became trendy, great. Yeah. A- and There's nothing
2: wrong with something being trendy.
1: Right. Yeah. And if we're just following something because it's a trend and that's the only reason, then that's not very helpful. But if mm -hmm. it's what gets you in the door to start thinking about living more responsibly, then great. I hope you follow
2: that that trendy wave. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hope, you know, being an environmentalist and, you know, being a minimalist, like I hope that becomes sexy.
0: (laughs) I feel like it's getting there. I definitely feel like the generation that's coming up right now, I I think it's there a little bit.
2: I totally agree. It's like at our events uh, when we go on the road we have high school kids show up and even now like you know junior high kids kids in elementary school just man it just yeah it totally gives me some hope like oh my goodness like all right we're to- we're not totally screwed I don't think <laughs> Yeah, and well, the fact that we're even talking
1: about these things, these aren't things that were talked about widely. I mean, there, there were some people talking about it 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but not really. It wasn't in mm-hmm. it wasn't in the common or the everyday vernacular, and now we're, we're hearing these words like eco-friendly or sustainable, and, and people are asking questions, and they're starting to question their own consumption, and even if they don't agree with me or Ryan or Shelby uh, about these things, they're at least starting to ask some questions, and when you are forced to ask these questions, you confront some... Well, hypocrisies in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Some, some. Um, we, we confront our own behavior in a way. We're all hypocrites to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's okay if we confront it. Then that moves us. We're not moving toward perfect. We're just moving in a direction of a better version of ourselves. Yeah, there
0: there was a saying recently that like. 10 people doing zero waste is not as good as like millions of people doing zero waste imperfectly. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're not heading towards perfection, but progress. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I think, I think, um, I think the idea of zero waste is admirable. And at the same time, I don't think everyone's going to be a zero waste person, Mm -hmm. but if it inspires some people to consume less, that that's great. For me, my lifestyle isn't about having zero waste. It's about having considerably less waste. I probably produce, 90% 90% less waste than I once did. And that's because I'm more intentional now. I'm even more intentional about the the things that, you know, I purchase or whatever, you know, I'm not not drinking from a plastic bottle. We're using glasses and 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 there are reasons to do that. Now, I also don't beat myself up if a plastic bottle is the only option for me right. because I'm not so extreme that I am gonna I'm, I'm pretty neurotic, but <laughs> I uh, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna worry so much if I if I can look myself in the mirror and say, you know what I did the best I could and I'm really thirsty and we're at this rest stop right now and the only option I have for me is is this plastic bottle. okay, but maybe I consume 99 fewer plastic bottles along the way, and that's really what's important yeah. yeah. And so I've got this article here from money.com, 12 ways to stop wasting money and can take control of your stuff. And this is by Kit Yarrow. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. And this is really just a jump off point for us to have discussions about these different topics. Kit writes, in my work as a consumer psychologist and author, I've read countless studies about consumer behavior, and I've conducted plenty of research on my own, interviewing hundreds of shoppers about how, when, and why they shop. Here's what I've learned about how to avoid piling up too much stuff and how to stop making unnecessary, excessive and ultimately unsatisfying purchases. I think a lot of what your videos do it talks a lot about that, Shelby. Uh, how do we how do we stop making unnecessary, excessive and ultimately unsatisfying purchases? I think that's what we realize like I've been consuming excess for so long, I didn't even realize that These things aren't making me happy. In fact, sometimes they get in the way of the things, the activities, the people that could bring joy to our lives. Mm. And so the first tip here uh, to stop wasting your money is do an inventory check. Uh, Jenna Scholl, who has worked as a wardrobe stylist in San Francisco for more than a decade, told me, quote, it's not uncommon for people to have to, to for people to buy new things because they have so much they can't see what they already have. Mm. Have you seen that in your own life?
0: Yes. I. So I was going to say, I, I literally that was my life when I was in high school. I never repeated an outfit uh-huh. Where'd to you grow the- up uh magnolia texas it's a suburb of houston okay um yeah but i never repeated an outfit and became best dressed of my class because Mm. of that and i can definitely relate like every friday going out and feeling like i need a new outfit because i just had so much Mm. but none of it really went together or mattered to me in general Mm. i think now like you said you have a uniform and i kind of have something similar um but those pieces matter to me whereas things within your closet like fast fashion are essentially disposable these days. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely see that a lot of people who follow me say they didn't realize how much better a smaller wardrobe could make you feel every morning when you're getting dressed.
2: Yeah, it's like it's less choices. Like it's it creates uh less friction in trying to decide what you're going to put on. What surprised me when I went through my closets after like simplifying everything, it was all the stuff I had in my closets that had tags on it still. Like it was unbelievable. And the reason why I bought those things it, it was because Maybe it was like a size smaller. So I'm like, in the future, you know, if I can lose a little bit of weight, I can wear this one thing. And it had like, you know, it's some kind of insert popular name brand there. And that's why I got it because it was, you know, 60% off and it was this really nice name brand thing. Yeah. And it just sat in my closet and never did anything but that
1: right and they're in a weird way they become aspirational purchases like wow this looks really good on the mannequin or look good on the person in the mm. ralph loren ad or something so of course i am going to
2: look the same in that <laughs> as that that chiseled you know guy they, you know why they look good on the mannequin I, I started to notice this like they will take like a like a chip clip or something and they tighten the oh. shirt and then they clip it in the back yeah. to make it look fitted and that's yeah, anyway. That's
1: that's it's one, deceiving. That that's one reason you're
2: absolutely right. It's deceiving.
1: The other reason is they all are Adonises, the mo- the mannequins right, are. Yeah, they they're, they're, they're not I they're not your typical body of a person. Uh, it's like Speak
2: for yourself, Milburn. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, the next tip here is buy good quality and use it. Yeah. Uh, I I guess you you found that too, in in order to be more sustainable, it's not about having just the throwaway items, the fast fashion or the things that just disintegrate as soon as you purchase them, right?
0: Right, yeah. There's definitely a lot of different aspects of what is sustainable when it comes to clothing and what's not, like the fabrics it's made out of also, if it's synthetic, and most of the time that means they're really low quality. Mm. They're made really cheaply because the fast fashion companies intend for you to buy it, wear it a few times, and literally throw it out so Mm. that you have to buy more. Yeah, definitely moved far away from the Forever 21s that I used to shop at uh-huh. literally every week.
2: Oh wow, so. wow. That's great. so you became best dressed in your high school
0: <laughs> you know you were saying you don't have a good style but like who really has a good style or you know some yeah. people do but russell mostly
1: westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> He's a basketball player. Yeah.
0: but mostly yeah mostly people are just following the trends mm-hmm. and that's what makes them best dressed that's right. what happened to me i didn't know what i was doing i was just buying what people said i should yeah which
1: by the way if you look at russell russell westbrook if we look at his outfits 20 years from now we're going to think he was insane. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff is like so on trend yeah. and it's like of the moment but I don't believe in I don't believe that anything is truly timeless. Like Ryan is wearing jeans and a black T-shirt right now. Like if you go back to the 1400s, he would have been looked at like mm. a crazy person. Like, yeah. why aren't you wearing a dress or whatever you were supposed <laughs> to wear at the time? Right? Um, <laughs> were guys supposed to wear dresses? I back mean, a the, lot of like one, you know, I know I giant
2: know. onesies and I know like little boys. They would like growing up, they dressed them as girls for whatever reason. Um, um, anyway, In the 1400s. Yeah. No, uh, seriously. Okay. Like yeah, like centuries ago, they used to do that. Anyway. Yeah. So
1: uh, number three here is count your blessings. First and foremost, being grateful, not just for your possessions, But also for the people, places, and simple pleasures in life. Amen. Is good for the soul. Mm -hmm. I think. I think that's something that we often take for granted. Is like when you were going out shopping for all these these clothes, you certainly weren't grateful for the ones that were in your closet. As soon as you acquired them, you no longer wanted them, and you wanted something else.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think well the contrast between Shelby (laughs) ten years ago and Shelby now. I people don't recognize me as a person, Mm -hmm. and I definitely didn't value like friends or family or experiences. And I just feel like life is so much more fulfilling when you get past that meaningless stuff like the clothing and you get to the things that really bring you happiness not like momentarily but long term
2: yeah I think it's so important like when I'm feeling I don't know if I'm feeling down like you know even though I am you know living the dream like I still have days where I'm like what the hell am I doing with my life but like Really taking a moment and appreciating the things that we do have, especially when it comes to uh, things that you can't buy, whether it's relationships or whether it's an, exp- uh, an experience or going for a walk or whatever, like those things can really, uh, for me, like just help me kind of get over that hump.
1: The next item on our list here is turn off the temptation. Amen. Imagine having a friend who is constantly telling you about seemingly terrific deals. <laughs> Ryan and I do this now with... Uh, Joseph A. Banks. Joseph A. Bank. Are you, are you familiar with this men's clothing store? I mean, store? I've seen it. Yeah. Obviously, so, I don't. I don't uh, buy... Uh, I don't shop there. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, so Ryan and I used to manage a bunch of retail stores back in the day, and so and, and they were a lot of them were in malls. Mm. And the joke was, even back then, we recognized... Well, so <laughs> we didn't... Well, Ryan didn't recognize why so <laughs> I <it's> have joke... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I was managing a retail store directly across from one of these Joseph A Banks stores. And he had to wear a suit every day. And I had to wear a suit every day and I needed like dress shirts and I wanted to like, you know, refresh my suits or whatever. And I was like I look across and I'm like, "Oh, Joseph A Banks is having a sale." I was like, "Maybe I will, you know, buy some of their clothes." So I I text Josh, I'm like, "Dude, what do you think about Joseph A Banks? Like um, you know, is that is that trendy? Like Josh has way more style than I do. So I usually go to him if I have questions. And I was like, I'm thinking about going to Joseph A. Banks and buying some shirts and some suits and stuff. He was like, dude, there, there is always a sale at Joseph A. Banks. And until he said that, I didn't realize it. It's like their whole gimmick is like this weekend only but like every Every weekend, every weekend. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like sale, 48 hour sale, but it's every 48 hours or something going on. And it's, it's always these ridiculous things too. It's like, I I shit you not. It's like buy one shirt, get three free or something. It's not actually free. You're buying a, you know, a hundred dollars shirt and they're, just 24 $25 shirts I like people really get
0: tripped up on that so much and I refer to my mom a lot because she does the same thing I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kohl's the clothing store oh yeah, oh, yeah. they do the exact same thing and oh. then they'll give her Kohl's cash and then they'll give her 20% off and I'm like stop please stop
2: like that's an endless funnel mm-hmm. yes yeah, so yeah. I think it's important to uh,
1: <laughs> to avoid sale price uh, this one says play the waiting game we kind of already talked about that like the 30-30 rule waiting 30 hours for you waiting 30 days if it's $100 or more, I wait 30 days. That's part of my 30-30 my rule. Mm. Uh, learn to share. I'm not talking about the explosion of sharing economy businesses that facilitate things like car sharing and bike sharing. I'm talking about the old fashioned DIY method of buying something with a friend or neighbor and owning it jointly. Yeah. I recently watched two young women negotiate sharing rights for a relatively expensive gold <laughs> necklace they both wanted and ultimately bought together at Nordstrom. Man, I... You get yeah. I mean, Ryan and I could do this with just about anything. Yeah, let's go
2: get some Figaro's, man. Yeah, some gold necklaces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that look dope, man. Just come in here with gold necklaces just, on and the podcast. I just looked like dope. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about sharing? Do you do you share anything? Friends, family. You know, I enemies.
0: Sometimes clothing and shoes with my sister with enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I thought maybe like try to you know uh, to uh, to repair the, the relationship <laughs> yeah. The, the, by sharing a gold necklace squash the vendetta oh, right, Okay. Right, right. Yeah. no
0: but that's really interesting and I just was in Portland last week and they're having starting to have like tool share pop ups mm-hmm. which is super cool and I hope that that becomes more of a thing as well I'd really like to facilitate that because I don't think there is enough of that I don't do that a ton there's a
1: great business in Portland we had uh, Ryan Delk from Omni on the podcast a while ago and he runs a company well, called Omni that there are a Product sharing place, uh, and it started out in San Francisco, and they're in Portland now, and I think they may even be in a few other cities. Where it is, it's like a giant storage locker, just happens to be online. You can get everything on there, like yeah. uh, giant, you know, uh, cornhole games. There was a Chewbacca costume when I, last time I checked on there. Like, <laughs> that's great. oh yeah, like I don't need my Chewbacca costume right now. Does anyone want to borrow it? Well, yeah, yeah, that's one of
0: those things that you'd use like literally once in your life. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hopefully just. Once. <laughs> I, dude, yeah. Speaking of like buying superfluous stuff, like Halloween costumes. Man, I cannot tell you. <laughs> when I got rid of my <laughs> when I got like rid of all the stuff in my closet, there were like four Halloween costumes in there that like I was never gonna wear again.
0: Well it's weird because I think people used to DIY Halloween costumes with yeah. what they already had. And now it's just another thing that's been commoditized for people to go buy single use. Halloween
2: Express. We have a friend who um he actually runs like a thousand of those. Yeah, he like negotiates the leases and yeah. it's and it's an interesting business model because it is a temporary it's like a pop-up shop like you pop up you know two three months before halloween right you advertise the hell out of it and then when halloween's over you close up shop and you move away and people throw the stuff away right
1: and it's it's weird although i remember when we first moved to montana ryan back in twenty. Twelve that that October, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna go out to a Halloween uh, party, get together, whatever. I totally
2: given to peer pressure.
1: Uh, well, and the thing is, like, Ryan went to the local thrift shop and bought a a white and green t-shirt and then like shaved his beard so that he had a mustache yep. and he went as Luigi. I was going to say
0: Luigi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I
0: always go for the tie-dye shirt and putting my hair in like some sort of hippie hairstyle yeah. and just oh, that's doing that. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and, and so
1: there's a sustainability aspect to that as well. And it's really about just being creative, being inventive mm-hmm. with the uh, with limited resources. You know, the, these limitations breed creativity. And that's what Ryan did. And it sounds like that's what you do mm-hmm. when it comes to Halloween as well. We don't have to go out. Although uh, my daughter, she will do really inventive things. She couldn't decide a couple of years ago whether she wanted to be a princess or a dinosaur. <laughs> and so what she... What contrast. Yeah, I know. So, well, then she was a princess dinosaur for... <laughs> For Halloween, so why don't, I have, why don't I have good ideas like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be a princess dinosaur this Halloween, Ryan. Um, buy only what you need right now. Part of what makes shopping so alluring is the mental vacation that comes with imagining how a product can be used, such as "I'll turn heads with this outfit" or "We'll have the wildest parties with this cocktail shaker." That is true, like. <laughs> buying the aspirational sort of cutlery or plates you're like I'm gonna have a table that seats 12 (laughs) I hate dinner parties why would I do that yeah Yeah. do you
0: have you heard of the fantasy self have you heard people describe it as that tell me about it so it's basically that where you you think that you like these things or that you will be this person that you're just not Mm. so yoga has become trendy recently Uh, and a lot of people their fantasy self thinks they like yoga so they go out and they buy all this yoga like outfits yoga mats and all this stuff and then they realize uh yeah i don't really yoga they love the
2: idea of practicing yoga yeah really. and
0: it's the same thing with like special fancy dinner sets and stuff that you wouldn't you're not already using so why are you trying to create someone that you are that you're not that's so true I, and that,
1: that's the thing you're not you're not being yourself you're being you're being the self you wish you could project onto the world like it's uh i don't want to be an introvert I want to I'm sorry I, I, I don't want to be an extrovert like I look at Ryan and I'm like that would be awesome if I could be as extroverted as him I don't actually want it I want to want it Yeah. and, and I think that's I the that. fantasy self Yeah. which by the way is a really good episode title podcast Sean for this for this <laughs> it, one it's
2: interesting when uh, I got married when I was like 19 years old and divorced at like 22 23 but I remember the China being such a big deal like we were picking out China I forget what store it was but like, so her, uh, her our, my mother-in-law, great woman, she went out of her way to buy us this china to make sure we had this beautiful china set for if, if we had, you know, dinner parties. We never used it. Mm-hmm. Not once. Who is it Rob Bell who uses it every single dinner? Yeah, I really like that. He, yeah.
1: So he said, if you're going to have fine china, use it for every meal. Right. And and, and so like, yeah, if you, because what we do is like we, we have the nice things that we never ever use. Right. Yeah. It's like if you bought a really a nice uh, a Tesla and you're like, but I'm still still going to drive the Toyota Corolla every day. <laughs> right. Like, Why? Doesn't make any
2: sense, yeah. Well, you,
1: you have to you I only drive the Tesla on special occasions.
0: <laughs> yeah, Get I think I'm getting married soon. My sister is getting married really soon. I'm getting married soonish. <laughs> and she just I just gave her the shower and she's making this list of all the stuff that she needs and I'm like, but they she's already been living with her fiance for years. Oh. Like how are you getting by all this time yeah. without all this stuff that you need so right. I, yeah i definitely don't intend on having a registry or any of that stuff because if i need it i get it for myself
2: i was in a yeah. i was in a wedding last summer uh, one of my good friends uh I, one of my only other like childhood friend that i still talk to uh-huh. um they had a really awesome thing where they didn't they asked for no gifts but it was just like a link to like you know basically like a patreon thing or you know a gofundme thing where it's like hey if you want to contribute to our lives. We like to take vacations. Yeah. So you can just give us fifty bucks towards a vacation and we will you know, we'll appreciate that. That's a good I idea. I thought it was a good idea, yeah.
1: Can't believe you still have friends from childhood. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> All right, there's a whole list of things here. We'll put a link to this full article in the show notes so you can check it out. The twelve reason or twelve what is it, twelve ways to stop wasting money and take control of your stuff from money.com let's talk about
2: a few things here ryan what are the other things on your list that you've stopped buying the other things i got uh aftershave mm-hmm. I, or cologne like i just i don't oh, use same. that Those stuff too, anymore two yeah. good ones same same here yeah um deodorant i don't buy deodorant anymore But here's same the, here. but here's the thing is that i because i eat healthier I don't smell as bad and yeah. I realized like that was a huge a huge thing like if I if I ate crap I not only felt like crap but I that's when I, my BO would be the worst. Right. Yeah, I stopped I stopped wearing deodorant um in missoula montana because in missoula montana it's like such a hippie town yeah that like if you don't have a little bo going on you're kind of out of place (laughs) right so so i just stopped wearing deodorant to fit in (laughs) well
0: people say that if you stop wearing it you'll detox and then you won't have to anymore like are we do we really stink if we're not detoxing like aluminum from our armpits because that's Mm. what most deodorants are made out of so that's really interesting so neither one of you guys Deodorant. Well, right.
2: yeah, yeah. So, Do we smell?
0: No. Okay.
2: Yeah, so there, there <laughs> was, no, I don't and think I, and so. I, and I walked here like a brisk walk. Like it, it's, there was a two week, maybe like a month period. Yeah, same. It, again, I was in Missoula, so it didn't matter that I stunk. Right. But like there was, there wasn't a detox period, an adjustment period to where my body had to like re-regulate. Okay. But and like.
1: My wife loves it. Like she she's like, I just love the
2: way. And I'm same with her. Like there's like the pheromone thing.
1: Right. And like, like it's one of the ways that we, are attracted to people is through the smell. And we
0: just like kind of block all that stuff out now. Right. That's so interesting. That's a whole different topic. But <laughs> I also don't wear perfumes and when people wear them around me I just I get like an instant headache. Yeah.
2: I don't, I hate that. It's so crazy? Like I used to wear cologne all the time mm-hmm. and like now I'm the same way. Like I get around it and like I, I can't tell you the last time I've smelled a fragrance, and I was like, "Oh man, that's I like that. right. I gotta get that right yeah, exactly." I, I hate when I get on an elevator and it's like it's just been perfume bomb. <laughs> I feel panicky. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. yeah. cologne bomb. It's funny. I feel panicky too, but it's because it reminds me of like the club scene that I used to like try and be part of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I never fit in with that scene. So I, it was always it caused anxiety for me because like I've always felt out of place. Yeah. But yeah, like when I step in the elevator and it's like, oh, it smells like a. It smells like one of them disco clubs in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's
2: terrible. My my former spouse is an eighth grade teacher, and she says
1: basically the kids don't bathe; they just bathe in Axe body spray. Oh so God. like, her classroom just smells like like thirty different variants of an Axe body spray can. Mm. Yeah. I can't imagine dealing mm-hmm. with that
0: all day. I mean, I guess you get used to it, but yeah, probably for a while. Yeah, that would be very frustrating.
1: What are some things you've stopped buying? Can you reprise some of those a few, uh, few few of those things from your videos?
0: Yeah, I definitely don't buy perfumes anymore. So I already said that, though. Awesome. Um, tons of things I quit buying, but I feel like it's been so long that it's normal to me now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, a lot of wasteful things that I don't buy anymore. What are some typical things people buy that I don't buy? It's a lot of stuff. I just can't think of it off the top of my head.
2: <laughs> so like when it comes to clothes, you go out of your way to do secondhand clothes. Mm-hmm. So like do you have um what if what if like there's a listener right now and they want to stop buying brand new clothes? Like how would you walk them through that process? Are there like websites you you would recommend them to go to or
0: Yeah. There so if you're starting, it is really good to not just like jump into Goodwill and like <laughs> dig through everything. <laughs> I always recommend, yeah, starting on things like ThreadUp or Poshmark. Okay. Because you can search for brands that you're already buying from and you can find things that you would like if it, if it was new or if it was old yeah. and then you get it in your head that secondhand shopping is not disgusting and just for weirdos <laughs> and then maybe you can ease yourself into the goodwill stores and stuff like that but i think yeah. i
1: might need to go to those sites you ever since i we did a clothing episode a long time ago yeah. episode 56 yeah. of Let's the make podcast sure get
2: links for those in, in the notes podcast Sean.
1: and i talked about the brand because i always buy my t-shirts from ebay or at least i used to i, I buy a brand called save khaki and I always just go to eBay and get them. And ever since I mentioned that, they're never available on ah. eBay anymore.
2: <laughs> you, sc- you screwed yourself. I
1: out know. Now I have to now I have to go buy expensive T-shirts from <laughs> straight from Save Khaki because they are. Everyone has already bought up the uh, the eBay version. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Poshmark or ThreadUp or our place to go. Uh, for me, uh, I've stopped buying some things. Like I don't drink milk anymore, so I don't buy milk anymore. Yeah except I do for Ella, so I guess I've started rebuying milk just for Ella. Hypocrite. Um, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Fake, (laughs) minimalist. Uh, Bread. I don't eat bread. Um, Sugar. Anything with with processed sugar, I I don't purchase. Uh, Packaged foods, we already talked about that during the minimal episode. Uh, Dryer sheets is something I don't... That's something I
2: used to like... Why the hell did I buy yes. those, dude? <laughs> I, I love my say. dryer sheets. Why should I stop buying them? Talking out of it. Why do you, why do you love use them? For? I they they create less static in with my clothes, uh. and I like the fresh little smell it gives my clothes. But what's the substitute? I'm open to stop buying them. What's the uh, substitute? I use for these
1: for? little like balls that are like these. I think they're made oh. of wool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they, they, they're they reusable over and over. I've been using the same ones for years.
2: And, they, and it takes the static down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's supposed
0: to reduce the drying time too because it'll like fluff your clothes oh. and then the heat can get into them easier. And you can also add essential oils to them if you really are crazy about scent.
2: Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, all right. So, Podcast Sean, please put a link to those wool things in the show notes because I'm going to go back and check them and I will totally try to use those instead of the dryer sheets. Yeah, I've been he, using
1: them for years now.
2: Yeah, it's like I like I still buy paper towels. There, there is like a, I don't use them as much as I used to use the paper towels. Yeah. Like they're there for, you know, convenient Icky things. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> but like with, when it comes to paper towels, the issue of like chopping down trees, that isn't what really bothers me because there's actually uh, like laws in place that, you have to replace,
0: right?
2: Yeah, you have to replace trees with the paper, but it doesn't solve the landfill problem, though. Yeah. So if dryer sheets, that's one thing I can like take out of the landfill. Like I, I I'm totally all for that for sure. Awesome. Uh, you know, one thing I, I I have written down here too that I don't buy anymore is cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy no cigarettes no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's funny like when I think about, yeah, just how I used to try to smoke i never was like really a (laughs) smoker i just like tried to yeah i was never good at it
0: (laughs) yeah i also don't buy things they're coming to my mind now but i don't buy things like plastic cling wrap or foil or ziploc bags i don't know i think those are pretty typical for a lot of people to Mm. like single use things but there are reusable versions of all of those things oh
2: interesting yeah so we've got um so we will inevitably, like Mariah and I will have, you know, some kind of leftover something with uh, like a plastic bag, and yeah. like we'll reuse the plastic bag as much as we can. But, yeah, they have these interesting little they're like jelly type stretchable things yeah. that you can put over bowls oh, right. and stuff that like yeah, yeah. The
1: point of contention in my household. <laughs> why is that?
2: Because uh, Bax is really
1: into all of those things. Yeah. And I just I've tried to, and i I don't like them. yeah, I, and so, like, I think that's another thing to sort of take away here we talked earlier about not being perfect like there are some things that's like if for some reason you start using these these wool balls and you're like these suck compared to my dryer sheets <laughs> right it's not about deprive yourself you, you you at least try and you find something that works i think the, the wool balls work appreciably better because they do dry dry your clothes faster as mm-hmm. well. Um, plus the essential oil thing, which I've heard several people talk about. It's not something I do. Uh, you can add the the scent to it as well. Yeah, it's a better scent than the the dryer scent. I totally I think.
2: agree. Like there's some essential oils I would much rather have my clothes smell like than the dryer sheets that I use. I still use yeah. Ziploc bags, and I don't use
1: them a lot. But I have. I mean, we've had the same Ziploc bag bag of Ziploc bags in our drawer for well over a year. But I use them occasionally. What and about
2: the sous vide?
1: Do you guys use the disposable or do you guys use the they're reusable? The reusable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we wash them. And, right. And, and Bex is constantly washing the um, uh, uh, Ziploc
2: bags as well. So, <laughs> so okay. So, uh, Shel Bizzle, let's, yeah. let's, uh, make sure that podcast Sean somehow like email him just the replacements that you use now for foil for Saran wrap yeah. Ziploc bags. I didn't even know there was like a substitute, a yeah. reusable substitute for Ziploc blo- zip bags. I would love to look into that stuff. Okay, and we'll make sure to get it in the show notes.
1: I don't buy neckties anymore because I don't. I have a necktie for
2: funerals and weddings. Right, and I and I always buy you a necktie for Christmas. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and Father's Day. Yeah, it's I always wear my <laughs> Santa necktie at every wedding.
1: <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, new bags like we have we, Ryan and I developed a bag a couple years ago with Malcolm Fontier and a team of people and it's like it, it's the most ideal bag for me I mean for me it's the closest thing to perfect it's great. and there was a time where like, I was never happy like oh, I need a backpack or this bag and like, I was finding myself like replacing bags even though I didn't need to like yeah. for travel and suitcases and all this other stuff but like I think that's one of the key takeaways here once you find the thing that is most appropriate for you that is a long use item. Uh, we interviewed Frank for our documentary. He's a minimalist architect, and he said he'd spent three years finding the couch that he has in his house. In fact, he couldn't find it, so he had it built custom. And the reason he did that, he said, I know I'd never have to worry about it again. I, I just made that decision, and it's a 30 year decision for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think the same is true with a lot of the reusable things that we have. Once we figure out what is appropriate for us, then that decision's made. You don't have to keep remaking the decision. Like, I don't yeah. like this luggage. I'll get some more luggage next year. Oh, this will hold me over for a while. Yeah. Make a decision now, and it's it's
2: making a decision long term. Yeah, yeah like, worse, I would buy like just the cheapest, biggest piece of luggage I could. But then that just creates its own problems because now I'm packing more things <laughs> than what I need to go on a trip. And yeah. when I
1: went on my honeymoon, uh, my former spouse uh, packed seventy pounds in her suitcase. Now, they only let you bring 50 pounds right. on. So we had to figure out how I could put 20 pounds from her bag into my carry-on bag. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, it
1: was, it, it was a six-day honeymoon, <laughs> oh, 70 wow. pounds worth of, of stuff. And the thing is, the reason we do that is the same reason that you and I do it. Just mm. in case, I'll pack this just in case, that just in case. Yeah. And we're not very deliberate. Uh, the, who knows? I might need this just in case. Mm-hmm. Speaking of just in case, um, for me... I've reduced the number of cleaning supplies that I I purchase Mm. now. I I tend to buy only natural cleaning supplies, Mm -hmm. but I clean most things now. I learned about this, there's a a really good book called Healthy Gut, Healthy You Mm -hmm. uh, by Dr. Michael Ruscio. And he talks about the houses that have, that use the fewest cleaning supplies, develop the most healthy, most diverse microbiomes. Mm. Uh, So, it sounds crazy to us now because we think of well, cleaning means sterile no yeah. cleaning means getting the dirt off of things but our microbiome thrives off of having access to good bacteria and so houses children who grow up in houses who use dishwashers have less diverse microbiomes than houses who use a sponge to clean their dishes for example hmm. interesting children who grow up in houses who use just water to mop their floors as opposed to harsh bleach chemicals um, have better microbiomes than the, the the folks who grow up in homes with those with all the chemicals i just drink mm-hmm.
2: out of the toilet every morning i just i'm kidding <laughs> that'll do
0: <it>. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so i use fewer cleaning supplies do you, yeah. you find that's true
0: with you same i mean between baking soda vinegar and a little bit of lo- lemon mm-hmm. i mean Essential oils from here and here and there. Yeah, you don't really need all of those things. My mom loves the smell of pine salt and mm. fabulosa, and I just, <sighs> it makes me cringe. I just Panic. don't want it. Yeah,
2: you know, it's interesting. Like, I used to love like pine salt. I used to love that smell. My mom used it. I'm sure she s- still does. But like that, that fresh pine salt smell, but like I've been away <laughs> from it so much that, yeah, like now when I'm around it, I'm like, how did I ever love the smell of that?
0: It's strong. It, it is, is, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy cleaning products either. You're just reminding me of all the things that I don't buy. <laughs> well, I
1: stopped buying into the importance of national news?
0: <laughs> That's so. Me too. That's yeah. insane.
2: It's yeah. There's yeah. I, I've said this before, but like I've never gone to a news site and left thinking, "Oh, thank God, I checked the news." <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm telling you. The only time recently I've done this is you know I've become a Pete Buttigieg fanboy. Uh, recently, and uh, I've just—I've uh, never been excited about a politician because politicians are very unexciting, and they all seem like politicians. But the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, um, is. He's the real deal, and uh, I'm not endorsing him. You all go out, and as Ryan says, do your own own homework, read more, get informed. I'm voting for Donald Duck, man. (laughs) 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 Just uh, edit that out so he just says Donald. (laughs) 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 And we'll bleep it out, and they'll think he said Trump.
2: Um,
1: We don't care who you vote for personally, um, what your beliefs are, but um, Ryan and I did an episode a while ago. I think it was episode 33 called Blame. Um, about the last election we're gonna talk more about politics and in, in the coming months i'm sure but from a different approach not uh it's a almost an apolitical approach toward mm. politics but in doing so it requires deep uh, deep thought it yeah. requires a deep dive yep. it requires nuance and complexity mm. it's not black and white it's a rainbow of of nuance yeah. and we, we need to be able to like dive deep into those topics while saying well it's um pro-life pro-choice well no it's not just that Mm -hmm. Uh, even an issue as contentious as that is very nuanced and we need to be able to talk about these things so so the news quite often the especially the breaking news which by the way breaking news is broken Mm -hmm. then uh, they just communicate the headlines and it becomes very binary very black and white very democrat or republican very um uh, um, you know, man, woman, whatever it is but life is not binary, life is, is a stew of complexity and in order to talk about those things we need to listen we need to read more and we need to be open to other people's points of view yeah, and so the national news doesn't provide that for me the same way as diving deep on topics does two other things that I have uh, stopped buying I stopped I'm trying to stop so this is actually a good jackets no no not yet. <laughs> not yet we'll talk we can talk about that uh things we wish we could stop buying i wish i could stop buying into superlatives
2: <laughs> uh, uh superlative adjectives superlative now what
1: superlatives in the sense i mean they're, i think they're almost always adjectives but like the this is the best cup of water i've oh, ever had yeah this is the best book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Really, what I'm saying is it's my personal favorite, right. which, in and of itself, is just a, is also a superlative. But but when I say this is the best album of the, I have our friend Sean Mahalik, other Sean we call him uh, to differentiate <laughs> from podcast Sean. I thought
2: He was the other Sean, <laughs> Uh-oh. other
1: other Sean. Oh
2: okay okay <laughs> yeah
1: Sean Mahalik, He also with my uh, how to write better writing class. Uh, talented novelist. He also is the editor at Paleo Magazine. He um, he tweeted, it was like January, no, it was February. Um, uh, wh- wh- who's uh, Neil Gaiman's wife? Um, oh. Amanda. Yes. Thank you. We'll put a link to her album in the show it's notes. Not it's not Amanda
2: it, Bynes. It's defi- oh. <laughs> I
1: yeah. Anyway, I forget, yeah, I um, the last name. he tweeted in February, uh, this is the best album of 2019. And I'm like, it, I just responded like, it's February. Relax, ah. because but that's the thing. I'm really talking to myself. Relax, Josh. Because not everything's the best. Although the cool thing about like sustainability and and having fewer clothes is like now all my clothes are pretty much my favorite clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't hold on to things. I'm like, ah, this sucks. <laughs> Right?
0: <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, you everything in your closet you look at and you're like, that is the best. Uh-huh. So that's really interesting. But what we're
1: saying really is that that's the best for me. Yeah. And like if you were to give me your jacket right now, like, ah, that probably isn't the best for me. Well, right. I said
0: that before too because that backpack that I walked in here with, it's my favorite thing. I love that backpack so much. Uh-huh. But I've also realized that it's probably not everybody. It won't be everybody's favorite backpack. It just works for me. Yeah, so. It's,
2: it's so true. It's like when people ask me about my t-shirts, it's like I could tell you my branded t-shirt, but... Like I know, if I used Josh's brand of T-shirt, it would not look as nice on me. Because you tried, we, you tried to say yeah, it, Jackie, right? Ones. Yeah, we have completely different uh, body types. Ryan's so. so muscular, <laughs> manly. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's absolutely true. And I think it's important to, to to just recognize that. Like yeah, just because you have a backpack that you love, and let's say that I really look up to you, which I do really look up to you. Like I, I we I could very easily get caught in the trap of of like oh man. I gotta get that bag that Shel Bizzle's got because exactly. that's her favorite, yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to be really careful about that because, well, we all are influencers, what a <laughs> word. But yeah, you don't ever wanna come out and be like, this is the best thing and you've gotta have it, especially when you're approaching it from a sustainability standpoint. Yeah, is there anything you've
1: started buying in, in the recent years where you're like, I didn't think I, like maybe you gave it up for a while for me, like Ziploc bags, for example. Uh, again, I'm not just like going around using Ziploc bags as mittens or anything. As a mittens. Uh, <laughs> Disposable mittens. They work terribly, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> my hands are freezing. <laughs> um, no, I, I, but I have a list of things that I've started buying since becoming a minimalist. Is there anything that you two can think of? Are we talking figuratively or like literally with money? Well, so for me, like print books or something, I got, ri- I got rid of basically all my print books. Mm-hmm. I, I had. I had 2,000, I have an essay on our site, put a link to this in the show notes, how I got rid of 2,000 books and started reading more as a result. Because I realized a lot of my books back then were were sort of, um, they weren't just aspirational, although they were, they were signaling in a way, like, look how smart I am, Mm. I have 2,000 books. (laughs) Some of which I've actually read. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I actually hadn't read most of them, but it was like, uh, they were aspirational that way. Like, oh, of course, I'll buy this stack of books. Uh, We think we're gonna like absorb the knowledge via osmosis it doesn't work that way putting
0: your book under your pillow at night right
1: right right. (laughs) a a book isn't an object this is an experience you 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 in order to get any value from it you actually have to read it or if it's an audiobook you have to listen to it and so the books i have now uh the way that i keep them in check is we have two bookshelves they're they're really you you can put a link to our home tour you can see them in there um and they're, they're two small bookshelves that maybe hold, I don't know, 40 books on them or something. And once it gets full, I have to remove a book and give it away or donate it or or set it on fire and <laughs> chase it all around the house with it. Uh, <laughs> no, but the other thing that I do with physical books is I buy them by the case. Uh, books that I've really found value in, like Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Yeah. We had him on the podcast yeah, not James too long ago.
2: Atomic Habits. That's, we got some of those in, the, in our cabinet.
1: yeah Yeah. and and so uh, Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover Mm -hmm. uh, Rob Bell wrote uh, a great book called How to Be Here Um, one of my favorite short books is an 88 page book called Anything You Want by Derek Sivers I buy these by the case and I just hand them out uh, have you read Digital Minimalism yet? No. We'll I give you a copy of it before you leave today. Okay. Um, I'm not being paid to tell you that. I just really it, it changed the way I look at social media. It's yeah. unbelievable. Cal is a friend of ours, but um, man, he's so talented. I would definitely encourage you to check that out. But that's what I'll do. And so uh, it's it's a thing I can to add value to other people's lives. Like I got immense value from the Total Money Makeover. Mm-hmm. Why not hand it out to people that I care about? Because if I think they'll get value from it, not not just it out indiscriminately, <laughs> right? Like yeah. here, take this book. Take this book. I'm i'm not handing out flyers on the street corner it's like oh you know what i really think you'd get value from it here you go and so i started buying books again books by the case or books from my own house i still enjoy books on kindle in fact every night bex and i read a book on a kindle app on on my phone Like right before we go to bed like i will read until she starts twitching that's how i know she's falling asleep (laughs) and she's like full-on twitch mode um I started buying meat again, so I was a pescatarian. I was uh, vegan for a year, and then I was a uh, pescatarian. <clears throat> he for, was vegan
2: for eleven months. Oh, this
1: is true. We we had a bet. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan won the bet.
2: He's Aww. he's always exaggerating. <laughs> you'll, you'll,
0: How was that when you're a vegan?
2: Well, I still owe Ryan a dollar. Yes. <laughs> a dollar. No, it was good. Uh, you know, so uh, we were we we had won this trip to Hawaii. And I was like look, 25, at the time. 25. yeah. I was like looking at crash diets. Cause like I wanted to lose much weight before, you know, I went to Hawaii. Oh, for Hawaii. So I was talking to Josh about this. He's like, well, I've been thinking about going vegan and I'm like, what's vegan? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You would never be able to do it, <laughs> which is like, that's just my cue to like prove someone wrong about something. So I, I looked into it and we had a bet basically he could go vegan the longest. I actually felt really good when I was doing when i was doing it properly mm-hmm. but then i started to find out like that's when my oreo addiction really kind of kicked in is because oreos are totally <laughs> vegan yes <laughs> completely vegan so uh yeah it was it was great until i started to find the really unhealthy substitutes that that were vegan like a lot of pillsbury products are vegan it's yeah. crazy the,
1: the the healthiest person i know rich roll is, is a vegan he's yeah. been on our podcast twice he's going to be on a third time coming up really soon or by the time this comes out, maybe already has been on, Uh, we're going to do a Minimalist Diets podcast with him and with Dr. Paul Saladino, um, who is a carnivore. And, and so he eats nothing but animal products and no plants, no vegetables, and we're not gonna have a debate because I don't think debates are productive, but what we're going to do is we are going to talk about different perspectives. Yeah. I was a vegan for a year, a pescatarian for nine years. I, it, I changed off of the standard American diet. I was considerably overweight. I, I weighed about 80 pounds more than I weigh now, and it helped me start moving in the right direction in terms of my health. I started to feel better, it was the best I'd ever felt. And then last summer, I went on a autoimmune paleo diet, which is pretty much like, uh, it's closer to a carnivore diet. It was meat and greens and some oils. Um, the carnivore carnivores would say, you weren't a carnivore. <laughs> but um, I, and I did that because I had some serious autoimmune issues, some gut issues. It was the best I ever felt in my life. So veganism helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. A uh, pseudo carnivore diet helped me immensely. <laughs> yeah. And I am... Have I, have I have some struggles with eating animal products mm-hmm. and I want to talk about that with Rich. I want to talk about that with Paul mm-hmm. and I want to do so in a way that isn't a debate. I want to help people, well, as Rob Bell says, yeah. help people hear the music, not debate.
2: Well, yeah, d- d- debating, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think debates are useless, but I do think like with diets, it is useless because for me to say, well, here's my diet, and here's what works well for me. This will work great for everyone else. I mean, yeah. that's just, it's impossible to have one diet that's going to work for every single person. Everyone has their own.
0: Everybody yeah. seems to have different, like, things that they react to and the elimination diet i don't know if you guys have heard of that but sure, yeah. like every type of food has a different reaction with everybody yeah yeah so. that, that's kind of what the
1: you know, last summer when i was on this autoimmune paleo diet it, it's essentially a strict elimination diet okay. so it, re- it removes all fodmaps which we won't get into right now <laughs> it removes it removes all you know, grains and uh Almost all carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, greens technically have some carbs in them, and uh, I mean, even meat uh, protein converts into mm-hmm. glucose. We won't go into that right now either. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I started buying furniture again since becoming a minimalist. If you see my apartment in our documentary, Minimalism on Netflix, um, I basically had very little furniture. In fact, I remember when we moved uh, to Missoula together, I had to get rid of stuff. Yeah we rented a cabin first uh, out uh near phillipsburg montana side of a mountain middle of nowhere <laughs> 820 people in phillipsburg and there was one traffic light in 3400 square miles we rented this cabin ryan and i didn't have any furniture it was already furnished i mean there was a coffee table or it was a coffee table a couch Two couch, beds, yeah, two and beds, a dining table. Dining table, yeah, and that was it. We actually had to go buy a writing desk. It was we basically bought one that was broken. It was three dollars. <laughs> yeah,
2: from the thrift store. Yeah, I had to get L brackets to drill in there and like, yeah, and and so we it. had a writing
1: desk. Um, where everything that remains was, was written at this $3 writing desk uh, that was broken. And so we didn't really, I didn't have much furniture, but since since then I have a family and, and the needs of the family are different than the needs of the individual quite often. Mm-hmm. And so I talked about this in my home tour, so I won't belabor the point or beat you over the head with it, but basically I slowly, Bex and I and Ella, she helped out a little bit, we, uh, we slowly populated our apartment with things that we found value in together as a family. And we set up some rules that if we're not all going to get value from it, we don't bring it into the house. So I think you walk into our place now and it's not like, oh, my God, these guys are or this whole family is a bunch of crazy minimalists. No, we own some stuff. But everything we own serves a purpose or brings us joy and all the excess stuff is, is out of the way. Yeah. I started buying flowers within the la- within the last year. For the home.
0: Like live flowers? Yeah, or live a-
1: flowers, not plastic flowers. My um, plastic flowers i will mean, have a- to come for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big radiohead fan. But mm. uh, what's the uh uh the plastic flowers song? Cheap? Plastic watering can.
2: Plastic flowers. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty
1: much radio. Plasti-
2: <laughs> Nailed it. They
1: just, <laughs> they just made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did they really? Yeah. And that's awesome. Sean's still mad because Foreigner hasn't made it yet. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, Gen X jokes here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, flowers, like, it's a ritual. Every every week on Sundays, I'll, I'll, I will go. but There's several flower stores nearby. Um. And we just have these two cheap, glass vases um and i came home yesterday and bex had bought some, some like a refresh and it like it refreshes the house just this yeah. one thing it's,
2: they smell so good man it, right fresh flowers are great yeah that is one fragrance i love having in the house <laughs> for sure uh i can't i can't think of stuff i have bought dude. you know what i've been buying more i guess or giving more is like with charities and stuff mm-hmm. it's like when i was drowning in debt yeah. i found every excuse in the book to, like, not contribute beyond what my own life was. But now it's like... But I you still found excuses to buy stuff you didn't need, not pay that's off the true. Debt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But now, I mean, like, I, I definitely... Whether it's Patreon or, uh, you know, whether it's giving to a place like Charity Water or whether it's giving my time to, like, a soup kitchen. Um, yeah, I, I find myself doing that a lot more. I, I can't think of anything else. I, I'm, like, as you've been saying this, I've been trying to think of something <laughs> that I buy more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot... I've,
0: I think I thought of one. I okay. I definitely you know, we find more value in experiences than like things, but to get experiences of learning photography, I definitely have picked up on a lot more quality camera gear. Mm. So I was I was in the camera and photography when I was younger, but it was like those disposable cameras can't do that. So yeah, I think I've definitely invested in a lot more like camera equipment. Obviously it's my job, but it's more than that. It's a passion and so like photos and different lenses and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think you guys know who Matt Diavel is of course, yes. but he always talks about, he has, so so much you know camera equipment so people will think he's not a minimalist and i feel a similar situation i definitely have a lot of camera equipment <laughs>
1: you, you, but you know, use it whenever yeah. we go over to his yeah. house it's it looks like a porn set <laughs> <laughs> because like there there's camera equipment everywhere like in his bedroom there's he like always scaffolding to
2: shirts it's really weird <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he um yeah he's super talented he's a genius. Um, we first met him in 2013. We hired him to do the trailer for this book, Everything That Remains, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, we were in New York doing a preview event where Ryan forgot half of his speech. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no. The sad part is, is <clears throat> I filmed that speech right before I went on stage. Oh, really? And yeah, and directly into the oh, camera. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and then just it was like this big media event. Yeah. so like all the newspapers were there yeah it just yeah. i just like i just bombed it's all right
1: though <laughs> actually he didn't bomb that's the thing like somehow because ryan's charismatic like he held it together and just picked up elsewhere in the speech and it was it was pretty amazing um but we met matt and he came out to film that the only thing i'd seen up to that point was his video that was like most wedding videographers suck he yeah. was a wedding videographer at the time samesies yeah. video yeah he, he did, he did <laughs> that he produced uh, do you know about or, the samesies video he, he did I mean, it's hilarious it's good. is it older uh, yeah okay. yeah we'll put a link to it in the show notes but <laughs> yeah just search samesies on youtube it's okay. got millions and millions of views okay uh it's hilarious it's comedy uh, now he was a stand-up comic before he did like stand-up comedy um that's why his videos are so funny too funny. Um, but
0: it's very subtle funny yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I it's, love
1: it. it's that, yeah. that dry humor um it's got a good but sense yeah it. he's he's great but then we saw what he did with the book trail and we're like Hey, let's do a film together. Yeah, and so that's how it all. He ended up being on the road with us for most of 2014, just yeah. filming everything we
2: were we were doing. Shelby, you did remind me of something I, I do buy more of now. Okay. experiences. Like I definitely, oh, yeah. I, I actually. Well, speaking of experiences, like I love good food. Like I really go out of my way to like Mariah and I do to experience different uh whether it's culture whether it's like a different take on a on a specific food like we really go out and have different experiences that way so like i eat out more but that's also one thing i wish i did less Mm. (laughs) is because like i find myself especially in la it's just an endless pit of like you got to try this restaurant you got to try this restaurant it's yeah it's crazy Uh, an endless pit of options right exactly Yeah. yeah Another yeah. good episode title: "Endless Sean. Pit of Options" <laughs>
1: or uh, "Just Pit here, of Options." Here are six questions that I ask myself before purchasing something. So this is a rule that helps me out because you're talking about boundaries there, right? right? When it comes to yeah. restaurants, is like,
2: yeah, you could eat out four meals a day every day well, with no boundaries. Yeah, Mariah and I, when we moved to LA, like we didn't have a budget. But being like two or three months into it, I was like, oh man, like we need a budget because <laughs> <laughs> we live in LA and everything is six times the cost. So uh, we do have boundaries set up that way, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, like like last month, we totally went over a little bit. Six questions to ask before purchasing. Um,
1: this is for a good or a service. Number one, who am I buying this for? Like when you were when you were buying the clothes back in high school, yeah. those weren't always for you. It was like.
0: Uh, never it, probably right
1: right it, it's like I'm buying this to impress other people yeah. by the way I'm spending money I don't necessarily have or I could be spending in a better way to impress people I barely even know or don't even care don't that even much like. about right yeah I don't even <laughs> like you but I hope you're impressed <laughs> right uh, number two will this add value to my life uh, what I mean by that is will it serve a purpose to bring me joy does it serve a purpose does it have a function uh, this coffee mug my favorite coffee mugs they're very um, ergonomically stable um but they're beautiful too so they bring me joy in a way like it's a piece of art that i also happen to drink coffee out of does it add value to my life does it serve a purpose yes but also brings me joy It, it does both now sometimes a piece of art might not have a particular function but it serves a purpose in the sense that it brings you joy
0: I was going to ask you something if that's okay. So uh, Marie Kondo talks about a lot of joy and I I have a little bit of a tiff with that just because when you buy something new, an average consumer, maybe if they're not a conscious consumer, Mm -hmm. how does one tell the difference between if something is sparking genuine joy or if it's just that, dopamine release that comes with buying new stuff it's uh, like a euphoric experience yeah with a lot that's confused
1: we often and it, I, I do it all the time we confuse ephemeral pleasure with joy mm-hmm. yeah. I think they're certainly not the same thing short-term pleasure you can get short-term pleasure from heroin right you can go shoot up some heroin right now you're gonna feel pleasure right. you're not gonna get joy from it joy is, is a long long-term sustained uh, feeling that also aligns with your values mm-hmm. and, and I think that is a key so, so maybe another way to, to think about joy is am I being honest with myself with this Th- does this align with the person I want to be mm-hmm. or Am I doing this as a as a band-aid, as a quick fix, as
2: a dopamine rush, the same way I am with heroin or checking Instagram? Yeah, the right. sparking joy I totally agree. You can like kinda cause everything could really spark joy. Like my grandfather, he just passed away in January, so my, my oma, she is going through all of his stuff and like she's like, you know, I'll just I'll grab a suit jacket and like I just remember him wearing the suit jacket and so I put you know, I, I don't want to get rid of it and it's like everything that she touches is sparking some type of, you know, joy right. uh with the memory of him. But you know ultimately it's not this it's not gonna bring her long-term joy it's yeah it's a process that's what I'm going down to help her yeah. uh, in a month to, uh, yeah to kind of help go her through go through all that stuff help yeah
1: her determine what is actually joyous about the things that she owns and what is in the way yeah. number three is can I afford it now Part of that's the price. Like, can I afford the price tag on it? If you have to put on a credit card, obviously you can't afford it. You don't have the money. It's not your money, right. um, but can I afford it in other ways? Like, can I afford the space that it takes up? Can I afford taking care of it? You know, some things, if we buy an old classic car, like you might have the money for it, but do you have the money for the maintenance on it? Do you have the space to park it? Do you have all all the time it's gonna take to fix this thing over and over mm. and over? Can you afford to replace the batteries in the thing, change the oil of the thing? What are all these additional costs that we don't think about that go way beyond the price tag? Mm. Is this the best use of this money? So if I have $100 to spend on, on widgets. Um, or, or, you know, is this the best use of I've spent money on this coffee cup, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the best use of that money? Uh, well, I'm going to need to buy a coffee cup so I'm not using a bunch of, you know, cheap plastic stuff, every single disposable things. There you and, go. And, and, <laughs> and so, I, I want coffee cups. I'm willing to spend a little bit more for these, but I've made the decision. These are the coffee cups. As long as Ryan doesn't break them, mm-hmm. then we're, we're good to go for years. <laughs> we have... We have
2: I was, Bex let me stay at uh, her place in uh, Missoula, like, I don't know, it was like a few months ago or whatever. About a year ago, yeah. <laughs> Broke two of her wine glasses. Yes. <laughs> I'm very clumsy. <laughs> I'm very, very clumsy.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> so can I, uh, is this is the best use of this money. And then what's the actual cost? We talked about that. Not can I just afford it. But what is the actual cost of this thing, the cost to the environment? I
0: was gonna say, because there's a whole cost aside from the money that is the environmental cost. And that's really why I I love minimalism and I call it eco-minimalism. There's so much of the cost behind things that nobody realizes. Mm. Like even if you took one of your shirts, for example, Mm. they have to, the cotton has to be grown, it has to be farmed, it has to be, you know, there's so many pesticides and waters and greenhouse gases that nobody really thinks about when they buy things. So we're not thinking
1: because we don't know about it it's just like the meat that it, that, that I buy now like I, I I do a good job I don't do an outstanding job I'm getting much better at this buying grass fed locally sourced meats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that are raised sustainably it's not fact I avoid factory farming is essentially what I'm saying right mm-hmm. and I avoid that 99% of the time I'm sure there's something out there where I'm oops I didn't but it's only because I'm thinking about it because before I was like oh there's the amorphous blob of protein that's in cellophane wrappers like that's right. of course how chickens come no that that was an animal right that someone had to slaughter and they had to cut up and they they you know they had to then package and then ship we don't think about it. it's like oh there's the meat i'll pick it up and i'll i'll, I'll eat it yeah right. it's a little bit different uh finally uh, number six what would the or would the best version of myself buy this Mm. so the best version of me like the person i aspire to be like in the future you know what well i'm 37 now what my what would my uh 40 year old self do what my would my 45 year old self look back at me and say "Eh, you should not have done that and that sort of helps keep me in check not would what not what would some random twitter troll say about me (laughs) but what would myself the best version of me
2: what would that person say Yeah. yeah that's a good question to ask like for anything like when you get up in the morning and you're like you know you've got low and i've got low energy and i'm like man i really don't want to go to the gym but i'll ask myself like all right what would what would the best version of ryan nicodemus do right now and it doesn't always work but it's yeah it definitely gives you the leverage you need sometimes yeah we have a essay about this on our website put a link to that in the show notes it's called wwjd
1: what would joshua do and um it's not what you think but i love
2: how people like they were so offended by that. Some people were so offended I by that. I
1: can't read past a title.
2: Yeah. That but that's the that's, that's the meme culture we live in, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, one more thing before we dive into this, these surprise questions. One one more thing I am spending money on these days. You alluded to it a moment ago, Ryan. I pay more money to be ad free. Mm, now. Yeah. Whenever I can, right? So YouTube has YouTube Premium.
0: Absolutely. I
1: pay I what is it? Like uh, I think it's 9.99 or 12.99 a month for that. But now I'd get no ads if I watch a YouTube video, ever. There's never an ad on a YouTube video. Is
2: that the same as uh, the YouTube Red? Is that what it's called? It used to be yeah, called YouTube Red. Okay, it's, but it's
1: called YouTube Premium okay, now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Netflix has no ads. It's one of the reasons we have such a good relationship with them. And it's because. They know that what we talk about is about being ad-free, you know, our Patreon and everything else is so we don't have to clutter our podcast website or any of our platforms with advertisements. Um, And Patreon is another thing. I I support a lot of creators on Patreon. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, I probably support 15 to 20 different creators Mm -hmm. on Patreon. Yeah, we do. Because... It makes sense to do that. Mm -hmm. If you get any value from someone, like we had Chris Ryan on the podcast Mm -hmm. and he has a great podcast that doesn't do ads, why not support them on Patreon? Mm -hmm. Or wherever else you can support them so that we can keep things ad-free. Overcast is the podcast app I use. I I pay for the premium version of that so I don't get Mm -hmm. served up ads on that as well. Um, What else, is there anything else that, that you pay for to avoid ads that's out there? I don't think so i know i would pay i'd pay to oh, like fi- pandora and hulu stuff like that. Yeah, yeah 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 spotify
2: yeah.
1: is another one uh pandora is one yep i i pay for both spotify and uh pandora um i would pay to not have i would happily give twitter 10 bucks a month if they had no ads <laughs> yeah like
0: instagram specifically oh my me,
1: gosh
2: absolutely. Ooh, or facebook like they're missing a huge
1: capital opportunity what the hell are they doing did you see just today they're in the news again oh wow I think they're just fucking with us at this point Uh, they're forcing some people to enter their email password in order to continue using Facebook that's weird can you imagine yes here's my Gmail password have access to my private emails Facebook thank you
2: that's why I deleted Facebook
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey Shelby how how do you know if someone deletes their Facebook don't worry Josh will tell you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know
0: I, facebook is definitely the social media i check the least yeah it's not yeah. my thing anymore
1: yeah we yeah. we have one uh i i never check my my personal facebook but we we have uh, the minimalist Facebook. we use the share articles basically yeah. um and and jessica does a good job of curating that for us
2: yeah All right. the, it's facebook's one of those things where it's like yeah i i don't get value out of it personally but as the minimalists I mean, that's where, that's the largest social media platform. Like, it, it, if it's used correctly, like any other tool, yeah. it can be, you know, it can be valuable, but yeah. All mean,
1: right, we, we've got a few minutes left here to dive into these surprise <sighs> questions. Alba in Tustin, California, has a voicemail for us.
0: In your podcast about clothing, um, you talked about credit cards being debt cards. My husband and I only have cars as debt, and we're wondering how do you um, keep your credit good if you don't have any credit cards. Um, We are planning to have a baby soon, and we're planning to buy a house. Um, How do you stay minimal but also efficient and smart regarding investments?
1: I'm glad Al was asking this question because we often think of good credit as a good thing. Yeah, And it's not a bad thing to have good credit. Um, But Ryan and I don't you, you don't care about a credit score because a credit score is not a credit score; it's a debt score. Right. Mm-hmm. It tells you how good you are at managing and moving around debt. Yeah. You can make ten thousand dollars a year and have an eight hundred credit score. Yeah. You can make a million dollars a year and have terrible credit. Right. And and so, are you good at managing debt? Well, maybe. But who cares how good you are at managing debt? Why do you? My my question to you is: Why do I need a good credit score? And the answer is, I don't. I don't actually need
2: one and and so so for for, for alba's question specifically buying a house
1: mm-hmm. yeah so so there's something called underwriting mm-hmm. and we'll put a link to a david ramsey dave ramsey video about this because he explains it much better than i i ever could but um dave ramsey talks about you know, you'll find a banker who will underwrite they look at all everything they don't just look at credit scores by mm-hmm. the way if you go to a bank and you make ten thousand dollars a year and you have an 800 credit score they're not gonna, still not going to give you a mortgage right because you can't, they can see you can't pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Dave Ramsey, for example, has a zero credit score. He has no credit score. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a multi-multi-millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are plenty of other people who don't have a credit score because they don't use credit. Mm-hmm. And they are still able to get a mortgage uh, because they get something called underwriting from a bank. We'll put a link to that as well. Now, with clothing... It's a weird thing. I bet as a as a teen you probably thought of clothing as an investment in a way. Like I'm investing in myself. But of course those are the, they depreciate quicker than anything right
0: yeah absolutely I never went into debt for clothes so that's lucky for that's me good news. That's awesome, yeah. but I, I do have a decent credit score because of student debt uh-huh. um, so yeah and I definitely think that you, I also still use a credit card for things like groceries and stuff yeah. so you could do that and still maintain a decent credit score I think yeah. but I know it's not everybody's thing but, yeah. then,
1: but then asking that <laughs> just asking the question why do you if you have a good credit score great good for you I think it's wonderful. I just also think you don't need it. Right. I'm sure I have a great credit score. I don't know, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what my credit score is because I don't need it for anything. Mm-hmm. And I think even if I stumbled across something that I did need it for, there's always going to be a way around that. Whether it's renting a place, yeah. they're gonna verify your income anyway. Mm-hmm. One other thing for Alba, sell sell your cars and pay off the debt. D- you don't want to go into debt for cars. They're depreciating assets. Mm-hmm. Um, Having a car payment is always a bad idea. Yeah. I never want to do that. Yeah, and so put another link to uh, a Dave Ramsey video about about car debt and why it's always a bad idea podcast, Sean. He has a great, couple of great videos on YouTube about that. Bianca in Virginia Beach has a question for us.
0: You always talk about financial freedom, and I'm wondering how you can still find financial freedom... When you have all of these essential bills, like health insurance, car insurance, phone bills, rent, just the things that you really need that you can't eliminate, if those bills are just adding up and really weighing you down, how do you still find financial freedom?
1: I think about Jocko Willink's phrase. He used the phrase, discipline equals freedom. And Ryan, how do you find
2: discipline with your bills? Man, uh... It's funny like I don't really think about financial freedom as not having to pay bills. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean right? financial freedom to me is not having any debt. Yeah. Um, but we need money to make the world go around. So, uh Bianca to answer your question. How do you find financial freedom is become debt free. Like that is the the most financially free you can be. I mean, it, I we live in LA so rent's really expensive, but besides, you know, rent, uh I really don't have a lot of expensive bills if you know, I went bankrupt tomorrow and, you know, shit hit the fan and, you know, Josh divorces me and, you know, he takes 100% of the minimalist rights, whatever it is. I'm just, you know, trying to think of worst case scenario there. I could turn my life around on a dime. Yeah. And that is what freedom is. It's not about not having bills. It's about having uh, as, as little debt or no debt.
1: Well, yeah, and I think I think the reason I, I lobbed the softball question at you about discipline and you whiffed it was... uh uh. A budget. You're really good at budgeting. Oh, and, so
2: you're asking me about my budget. Yeah, yeah I can talk about my budget and, for sure, and man. And so I think
1: <clears throat> the, one of the best ways to have a budget is to have, like you just said, having fewer bills. Not about, mm-hmm. not about having no bills, mm-hmm. but having a budget for which what, what uh, Bianca is calling well, what's, the
2: essentials. What's interesting is like when I talk to people about, they'll say I have money problems, yeah. and then I'll say, well, what's your budget? Let me see your budget. Oh, I don't need a budget to know that I'm poor. I already know that I don't have enough money, so I don't need a budget. It's like, well, if you if you don't have a budget, then you're you're going to be more poor. You're going to have more money problems. Yeah. So It, y-
0: it always seems like the less you have, the more you just don't care right. about what you're spending it. Because I definitely have had that experience where you have a steady level of money in your bank account. You don't feel like the stress of not having money where you're just like, fuck it all, and I'll just spend all the mm-hmm. money I have because I don't have any money anyway.
2: Right, and that is... That will, uh, it just worsens the situation. Yeah. Yeah, No, a a budget even like, like I said, when we moved to LA, Mariah and I, we did not have a budget anymore because we became debt free a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and living in LA, it's like, wait a minute. Like, even though I don't necessarily have to have a budget, like I still want to save as much for retirement. Yeah. I want to be able to have, you know, enough money in my safety net in case, you know, shit does hit the fan. So in order to do that, like we had to put a budget together and so we could Save more, essentially.
1: Yeah, you have to be responsible with whatever resource you have. That mm-hmm. is financial freedom, ultimately. Having no debt, but then what What resources you have coming in, including your income, mm-hmm. it's about being responsible with that money. Yeah. And the best way to be responsible, the best way to be disciplined, is to have a budget. One more question here today from Anya from Patreon. She says, I don't know if you can answer this question. Perhaps it's more for your wives, Or maybe it's more for Shelby here. I've managed to reduce my clothing purchasing. I'll purchase something I really love after a few months of thinking about it. But I have a hard time with makeup and perfume. I love (laughs) all the organic stuff. And there's more and more of that now. We also had a question from Anne-Marie about the same similar question, but about candles. And one more question from Karen about books. And so... I think, first off, let me just say this. I think the problem isn't the things. The problem here is the love. Um, You mentioned Marie Kondo, who I think is really helpful. In fact, I got into an argument on Twitter this morning with James Altucher because he's like, Marie Kondo's BS. I'm like, no, she helps a lot of people with with their stuff. Twitter, the best place to have arguments. Well, I I, I was trying to stand up for Marie Kondo because (laughs) I think that what she does, a lot of it has to do with the stuff, right? Mm. She helps people deal with the stuff. The external clutter is a physical manifestation of what's going on inside us. Mm -hmm. And once you start dealing with that stuff outwardly, you can look inward and say, oh, I've got some financial clutter. I've got some mental clutter. I've got some spiritual clutter. I've got some internal clutter, the emotional clutter, the psychological clutter, all these clutters that are going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. I deal with the stuff first. The problem, however, with the stuff is when we cherish it too much and mm. so the one problem i have with the the kanmari method is when she talks about the th- cherishing keeping the things that you cherish i don't want you to cherish your things they're just things right i don't want you to love your things they're just things i want you to love the people around you i want you to cherish the relationships with experiences or maybe even the memories without being too attached to the physical goods themselves because what happens if you lose them. What happens if they burn up in a fire? Then you've lost your love all of a sudden? No, I don't think so. So I think what we need to let go of first is the love of the things and then figure out how do these things add value? And then what is the appropriate amount for you? And not don't go past the appropriate amount. So Shelby, makeup, perfume, candles, books, clothing, These are all things that people struggle with, right? Yeah,
0: and all all things that I've struggled with throughout my life as well, right? But I think it comes back to, we've talked a lot about boundaries during this, and it's, yeah, how much do you need to actually be happy with what you have? Because if we're talking things like makeup, if you just buy all this makeup, like, There's a huge makeup culture on YouTube. It's really a problem. Mm -hmm. And if you paid enough attention to that, you'll think you need every eyeshadow release that comes out. But you have to set boundaries because realistically, you will never work through all that stuff if you buy it. So aside from like, is it clearing up your space? It's like, can I actually use that? Is this money just funneling into a product that I'll never really touch get value from or am i going to use it once or twice
1: even though and then move on from it like you did with the clothes when you were a teenager exactly yeah i wore this once or twice and now i've moved on yeah
0: i think there is a fast makeup culture right now on on youtube for sure
1: well my my mother's uh, it looked like someone was trying to start a makeup store when when (laughs) i was going through her things like she had boxes and bins and tubs of makeup i think some of it was from the 80s like (laughs) Well, wow. I don't know what was going on there, yeah. but she she it was like uh, yeah. I, all she needed was the pink Cadillac, and she could have just gone around selling makeup. <laughs> everything everything would have been fine. Ryan,
2: yes. What what candles? Candles. <laughs> no, I mean I I agree with Shelby about boundaries. I mean that's what that's what I feel like Anya needs to do here. Like she needs to set up boundaries for herself. So. Go buy your candles. Go buy perfume. Buy makeup. I mean, if that's truly gonna add value to your life, but you've got to know when to stop. Like whether it's the thirty thirty rule, uh, the one in one out rule, or the one in ten out rule, whatever it is. Like Anya, if you don't set boundaries up for yourself, yes, you're gonna drive yourself crazy, and you're gonna be in a tornado of makeup and <laughs> perfume.
1: <laughs> I think the minimalism game is a good place to start. Thirty day minimalism game. We'll put a link to the video for that in the show notes as well. Start with a clean slate, getting rid of the excess that you don't need. It helps you understand what you actually do need. We're overwhelmed with stuff. We often think we need all of it. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I'm going to hold on to this just in case. Of course, the just in case items we never get around to using them just in case, right? right. They're just sitting there. Always. Our house becomes a giant storage locker. <laughs> yeah. Shelby, I want to acknowledge you. You're doing yeah. something meaningful with You're your awesome, videos. Shelby. Mm-hmm. Really grateful for you being here today with us. Thanks. If uh, we want folks to check you out, where's the best place to go?
0: YouTube, for sure. Uh, YouTube.com slash Shellbizgle.
1: All right, cool. We'll Ooh. put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right, y'all. Love people. Use things. We'll see you next time.
2: See ya. Thanks for the support, y'all. The minimalists. <laughs>